Hey, you know when uh, you find a human being who is just pressing at the edges, challenging the, both perceptions of an industry and challenging the status quo that things can be different and they can be better and they can be more human. And my guest today is pharmacist and pharmacy owner, entrepreneur, and I'm going to say a leadership guru, and I really do mean that, and good human being, Karen Brown, who I've met because I'm going to be fortunate enough to be one of the speakers at the conference that Karen and Felicity have arranged in Uluru in early August for pharmacy owners, the pharmacy owners conference. And um, today, Karen's going to share a little bit about why it's so important to her to be, like from a very early age, challenging the status quo and challenging perceptions about people and industries and whatever that might be, because we've all got them. We've all got these perceptions. So she's going to talk about that today. It was a whole lot of fun. I loved the chat. And as I said, near the end, I feel a bit more or a bit less nervous now about turning up in Uluru in August to do my part of the uh, four-day conference. So have a listen. You'll pick up some amazing things. Whilst Karen's a pharmacist, her learning and her teaching and her knowledge is absolutely relevant to any organisation, any manager, any leader who is uh, prepared to listen. So have a listen. We'll catch you at the end. Life can get pretty complicated. In the Simply Practically Human podcast, Mark LeBusque talks to incredible humans to see the way forward more clearly through the complexity in the world and in our heads. Let's get ready to thrive. I'm delighted to be joined today by pharmacy owner, entrepreneur, leadership guru, I'm going to say, and good human being, Karen Brown. Karen, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Mark, for having me. I always start with first impressions, and we've got to know each other a little bit over time because we've got this. You've got this amazing conference that we're going to talk about um, shortly coming up in Uluru in, in early August. Your first impressions of me? Sure. Well, I came across you through another podcast with Abby White and the Sales Redefined podcast, and straight away I was thinking, hey, "I mean, this he seems like a really good bloke and just really authentic." and just reality. And so I really enjoyed the podcast and I reached out to you on LinkedIn and yeah, you came back straight away, just how I thought you would. And then that has grown to then, yes, you being one of our guest speakers at our conference, but yeah, just totally relatable, which is what I like. I love it. And so I I have my go as well. Pretty similar for me. It's like, first of all, you've got to get past the pharmacist bit. Because, you know, there was th- things going on in your mind. I think I said to you one time was like the first thing I thought about was I go into the pharmacy to get what I need, but always buy the packet of jelly beans that's at the front of the <laughs> thing. Usually if they've got just the black ones, I like that even more. But it was like just very real. My sense with you is you really you really know what you want. and all, But the other thing is you're prepared to step outside the mould of whatever the mould is. And that's what we're going to get into today. So that that relatability was very, very strong for me. And I'm, I am delighted to be not just spending some time at the conference, but getting to spend a bit more time there and and, and watching you in action as well. But I'm a bit nervous too because I better be able to... Um, you better re- be on your game well, because pharmacy is more than just black jelly beans. I know that. I better not say that. <laughs> I better not say that when I'm there. That might not be a great way to start. Hey, we're going to talk today because I know you uh, have a great track record at challenging the status quo for very good reasons, good intention, but also also challenging and changing the perceptions about your industry and you're, you're really at the forefront of that. But before we go there, let's hear a bit of the backstory of the human being, where you grew up and and what you used to like to do and how you've sort of got to where you are today. Sure. 
Well, I'm a born and bred Queenslander. And when the state of origin is on, you will absolutely hear me cheering for the Maroons. Lovely. But you as a Victorian might not understand that. I do. I do understand <laughs> it. I lived in Queensland for about four years up in far north Queensland, and I think the Cowboys had come in at the time. So I did actually go to a few games back in the, I think it was the mid-90s, yeah. So good game. Well, I'm married to a New South Welshman, wow. and the only reason my dad said yes is because Queensland had won 10 state of origins in a row. <laughs> so, yeah, I look, I wear many hats, which is something that I like. I'm one of these people that like to have a lot on the go. Yes, I'm a wife, I'm a mum, I'm a pharmacist, a childhood dream. I knew I, when I was 14 that I wanted to be a pharmacist and am now fulfilling that dream of owning a pharmacy and being the centre of my community, which I love. I've owned multiple pharmacies over the time. At the moment, we've got one store, which is enough through these challenging times of COVID and influenza. I also run another business called Batch Tested, which is kind of a spin-off from pharmacy, but I used to play netball for the Queensland Firebirds, so yeah. I have a background in sport, and I now help athletes access their tested version of sports supplements so that they don't get a positive drug test due to contamination. I run a pharmacy owners conference. And, yeah, so my spare time, I coach netball. I'm still heavily involved in netball. And I think ultimately when we're running a business, we are just people managers. And so much of what I learn in sport is what I do in business. And so whilst I wear a lot of hats, there's a synergy between all of them. And that's helping people become better people, whether it's through health or through sport. Uh, all through leadership, and, yeah, I really enjoy all the different aspects of my life. I love it. So at 14 you were pretty well convinced that this was the path, career path you were going to go down. Yes. Was it similar with the netball as well? Was it something from an early age that you wanted to play at a higher level? Yeah. So um, I'm six foot three, um, shortest child in my family. Wow. Um, What's the, t- the, the tallest is? Um, so my brothers are six five and six six. Yep. But I grew up in a sporty family. My dad played rugby league for Australia. My mum swam for Queensland. So sport was a big part of our life. And I just love being parts of teams. And it was something with netball that it was semi-professional when I was playing. So you got paid to play, but it was alongside um, studying full-time or working full-time. You know, it's fantastic to see the profile that women's sport has now and the professionalism is fantastic. But I always knew that it was never going to be my career. It was always a hobby on the side. And that's when it gets to the point where you've got to retire because of your career and yep. what's happening. But, yes, and now my daughter plays and that's why I'm back coaching and trying to be the sideline mum and keep it all together. Uh, how, how do you? How's, what's the greatest challenge, you think, for you as the coach now? Um, well, I'm coaching the senior girls and – I actually enjoy that age group of that 16, 17-year-old because I see myself as a mentor to help them outside of netball as well as just being their coach. The difficult thing is they're 16, 17-year-old girls. So Mm. when you've got trainings and they've got a a party the next night and they need to get their nails done, so that's (laughs) where I've got to balance it up with the level of commitment that I expect. Yep. And in their world, uh, they're playing school netball. But I feel it's my way of giving back and I really enjoy the coaching aspect, but also just being a mentor to them. This topic today about challenging perceptions and and the status quo. So we're we're very, very quick as human beings to like even I think in my work and speaking to you about the conference and it's like, oh, pharmacists or when I'm doing work with engineers or if it's elite sport or whatever it might be, I'll always have this first thing and go like, 
oh, this is what they're like. And and I know one of the things that you are really doing well is is wanting to challenge the perception of what pharmacy is and what pharmacists are. Because look, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. We may have a career or a title or whatever it might be, but we are human beings. What has driven you to really challenge the status quo on things? And I'll ask you this. Can you remember at an early age where you were challenging the status quo on anything? I'm just wondering if I flip back on you and ask you what your perception of pharmacy is. Well, I will say that because (laughs) um, it's like white coats and there's like a front counter and there's someone there that's not like the doctor type. They're the ones that are selling me the jelly beans. And then I go down the back to where the where the drugs and things are. And then it's like, I really feel like I've got to be very serious in that part of the place. So there's like a seriousness to it. It's important work. Yes. They sort of, they care about what they're doing, but I've always seen it as more of a like, it's almost like going to the doctor after you've been to the doctor is how I've found it. So I needed to walk in there and act like I was, you need to act You're proper and yes. serious and don't have a joke and that. But, you know, what I've found over time, we've got three pharmacies very close to us, and what I've found over time is they're actually quite funny and they like to crack a joke and they like to make you feel at ease. So my first impression yeah. wasn't that, but that's changed now my perception. Oh, good. Very good. So I think um, when I was 14 and wanted to be a pharmacist, The reason was I wanted to help people with their health and I thought they looked like pretty places to work. Yep. And you got to remember back in the 90s, they were kind of the David Jones of pharmacy and I didn't want to be in four white walls of a GP practice, but I knew I wanted to make a difference. And some people would call it quite old-fashioned where I wanted to be that main hub of the whole community and this we're very fortunate in pharmacy in Australia that a pharmacist must own a pharmacy and that kind of locally owned and operated business. And I've had some beautiful communities that I've been able to own the pharmacies in. And you are just the most trusted person in that community. And you're part of everything. I'm sponsor of the netball. I go and I'm patron and I'll go do talks at the netball and help them. And the girls come in and tell me how they shot on the weekend. So that for me is what I truly love about community pharmacy is that, you know, if you step outside your four walls, you are just embraced by that community and that's what I love about it. What I then want to challenge is that I, the general perception is the pharmacy is a place that you get a box with a label on it and we are so much more than that and that's what I want to try and get across, that it's not this transactional commodity, that it is this place in your community where you can feel safe and you can tell us how you're going and we see people, you know, on average 14, 15 times a year compared to maybe the once or twice they see their doctor. So I love the role that we play and the more that we can highlight to the community. And I think definitely in the last two years, we have it was our time to shine. And I think we've absolutely stood up and delivered to our communities through the pandemic. And that makes me really proud. I want to pick up on um, particularly the last two years, because the perception of a lot of things has changed in the last two years. But how have you noticed that change of perception of, of of your industry in that time? Oh, it's been huge. I think for a lot of people, we were that first point of call. We never closed our doors. We couldn't do telehealth. We were there and we had to make a lot of changes to how the flow of everything happened. But people really relied on us to A, be open and B, to answer a lot of their questions. We were that trusted, uh, you know, whether it's through our social media pages or 
phone messages or just to be there. Yep. And for some people in isolation, we might have been the only person they spoke to for the day kind of thing. So we played a huge role. And, you know, as the leader of the owner of the business, you're dealing with obviously your own of how to get through that pandemic. You're dealing with your team. And then you're looking after your community as well. And I definitely think people have, it has opened the eyes to what the pharmacists can do for them. And obviously, particularly with the vaccine rollout as well, once we're involved in that, I think people could see that the clinics that we have and the room that we have in our pharmacy and what we can do for them, yeah, has totally transformed. Mm. The other thing that comes to mind now then is, with everything you've just said, is the word adaptability. And this is a massive one in leadership. So... If you reflect now on how how much you've adapted, what would be some of the highlights for you? Because this is something that's not just from a pharmacy perspective. This is a leadership lesson that those who can't yeah. adapt usually end up perishing. What what would be some of those real proud highlights for you of how you've adapted in that time? I think one of my favourite quotes, and it always has been, is build the plane while you're flying it. Yep. So I am very much don't waste time waiting for things to be perfect and dot all the I's, cross all the T's, let's launch and adapt as we go. And so that has been so prevalent in the last two years and even to the extent overnight here in Queensland where we had another new government rollout put on us with 12 hours notice. And I think how you handle that is so reflective to your team and to your community and you get on the forefront and the stress is not there because you're so well organized and you just know how to roll it out. And I suppose it's similar to some of your key messages of how what you be, who you are, yeah. and what you're being instead of what, rather than what you're doing yep. can just keep everyone so calm. So it's something that when we talk about challenging the status quo the last few years, it's been about sometimes you're the first one and people are looking at us in our industry to go, well, what's current store doing? What have yep. they changed? Um you know, we put in triage and counterflow at the front door to work out who was coming in, who was going out, did they need to come in, et cetera. So sometimes there's pressure on you when you're the first one, but it's also something that my sporting background has definitely pushed me with the challenging status. I always, I just want to be the best. I want to constantly push the boundaries and I'm happy to be people to follow us and be inspired by us and almost get annoyed if someone beats us too. And I love how um, you are very happy to share that, and particularly on the LinkedIn platform. I think one of the greatest traits of leadership is to go first. And and yeah. I like that idea that we're going to go. And we're not, we know we're not 100% ready, but we're going anyway because we will get some things right. We might not get some things right, but we'll we'll adapt. But then putting it out there for the world, that's one of the things I noticed with you. Like you share a lot of stuff on LinkedIn and and I think that there's something in that that everyone should know is it's okay to let people know that you're proud of what you're doing. Well, I think as well, I think the really good leaders lead by example yep. and you're there to inspire others to reach heights they never thought they were going to reach and that being in your immediate team but also within your industry. And, you know, I'd rather share and inspire others to do the same. And then there's a ripple effect in our industry that rather than be quite guarded and, well, no, you know, it's just what we do and I'm not going to share it for anyone. I think if you're doing good stuff and you're proud of it, then it's a compliment if people want to copy it kind of thing. But then you're just one step ahead and you want to keep improving and keep being better. And I think that sport in me and when you do your strengths metrics and different psychometric things, 
competition always comes up as number one for me. <laughs> and you can have, you know, you can do that in different ways. Like my sense is competitive, but with really good intentions. And fun. Yeah. We are very much a work hard, play hard. And I must admit through the pandemic, my pharmacy alone has done nearly 20,000 COVID vaccines. And amongst my pharmacist cohort, there's four of us in the team. And we'd report each day how many we've done. And the hashtag was, it's not a competition. It's always a competition. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's also when you're recruiting in that, it's attracting the right people. And for some people, that's not them and that's okay. And it's about finding the right mix and who fits on your bus. But being proud of who you are as a leader and if it's not for everyone, that's okay as well. You don't take it personally. And I think it's important that, you know, like you said, we would meet people where they're at. And if they're not, if that's not for them, if they're more into something that's more serious and that, that's okay. We don't, we don't try and force fit human beings mm. into what we are. The other thing when you talked about it's how you choose to be or how you turn up, it's like mm. people will see that and they will, I call it mirroring. They'll mirror what yeah. they see from the person who's the owner of the pharmacy or the leader in an organisation. Yeah. So I think it's critical when you're walking through that door, and we'll talk a bit about this at Uluru, is that you're checking yourself at that door so that when you walk in, like if I jumped on here today and you, I hope I didn't, but you looked at me and went, oh, look at his face. He looks like this is the last thing he wants to do. Well, <laughs> that won't be great, but yeah. I hope I smiled. I don't know if I did. I hope I did. Yes, <laughs> but it's true, and that's with the pandemic. There was so much information that was being filled yeah. from everywhere that it was my job as the leader to really filter that down to what was important for my team. But also you've got to be vulnerable as well and yes. show them sometimes, as you say, to be human and that, yes, you might look like you've got it all together, but actually just showing them the vulnerability that, hang on a minute, guys, there's heaps going on here and we just need to break it down and do what's important. Yeah, it's such a good example. I was talking to a client today. We did a, we do a check-in after a program, six-week check-in, and he said, the thing that I've learned in the last six weeks is when I stepped into being a little bit vulnerable, so did the rest of my team. So it's yeah. th- this is an important message that you've got to go first to do that. Now, humans are interesting because we we do fear loss more than we value gain. That's sort of the way we're hardwired, our, our mm. safety mechanism. So there will be some people who will be resistant to changing the status quo. I'm really interested in some of the ways you go about working with those people. It doesn't mean they're not necessarily yeah. bad people. They just don't quite understand the change. What What do you do? What's yeah. some advice here? Um, you've got to take them on the journey. Yep. And we have a team charter at the pharmacy, which is a bus. And we've got a big chart that's up on our wall. So it's, you know, how do you get a seat on our bus? Mm. And we, right from the start, we actually explain in the recruitment, this bus goes off the beaten track and there's sometimes not a map and it's a hell of a lot of fun. And you've got to be able to sing and, you know, bring lollies for the ride, so to speak. But we really outline what it's like to get a ticket on our bus. But then we talk about what are the roadblocks? What is our energy source? Where are we going? And I think if you can take them on the journey and and walk the walk, you've got to absolutely lead by example to go, this is where we want to go with our pharmacy and this is the role that you play and what you contribute and how we are going to make it even better and more fun. And then, like I said earlier, you don't take it personally if they want to hop off your bus. But also it's identifying the people that are trying to pull the bus in the other direction or sticking their feet out the window and slowing you down. So I think what I've learned over the years is really putting it up out the front to go, 
this is what it's like to be on our team. And I do have really high expectations. And some may say I'm a perfectionist, but actually I just expect a high, you know, one of my things is you give me basic, I'll give you basic, but you go over and above and we'll blow you away with what we can achieve together. So I think it's definitely setting the scene and then taking them on that journey that they can see why we're doing something and it's not just throwing these words out there going, we want to be different. And that goes for your community as well. You've got to show them an experience so that they can see why it's different. And for some people, that's all they've ever known. If they've only ever shopped with you, they're like, well, this is just normal. Why is this pharmacy any different? And it's not until they go somewhere else that they might, you know, go, hang on a minute, I expect this and now I'm not getting this at this pharmacy. And one of our, we have five team values and one of them is give them more than they expect because they're already walking with a level of expectation and we still want to blow them out of the water of, wow, I wasn't expecting that. The ability to delight people. And, and the other thing is, is yeah. it's consistent because one of the things that happens with managers at times is when they get a management role, they'll they'll delight people for a period of time and then they might revert back to type. And, and sometimes people are waiting at some stage, Mark or Karen's going to go back to, there's a honeymoon mm. period, but when they see the consistency in the behaviour, well, then they want to be on that bus rather than, I'm actually, I bought a ticket, but I'm going to sit right near the front and I'm just going to wait, maybe get off at the next stop. So I love, yeah. love how you do that. And I think as well when there's a passion, like I genuinely feel blessed that I get yeah. to be the pharmacist that I wanted to, you know, that I pictured as a teenager. So mm. I think when you love what you are doing, that is infectious amongst the group and that shows out then. And I love it when people walk into the store and say, I love the vibe in here. I'm like, that's a huge compliment that mm. they love the vibe in the store and that just is infectious amongst the whole team. And that's, that's interesting that we look at success and ultimately you want to run an organi- a business that's going to be profitable for you and a lot of that comes from those little moments where someone walks in and goes, I can f- actually feel something in here that I haven't felt before so I'm going to come in here but I'm also going to tell other people in the community that, hey, you should be going to that place because yeah. you actually feel good when you go there. Brings me to perception. We will do a little activity up in Uluru without giving too much away called Judging Mark, where you'll get to make some judgments about me, like on the spot. And people go, I don't judge. And I go, well, you already have. So, And perceptions become reality. So my question was, are perceptions really reality? What are your thoughts around this? Why are they or why are they not? Well, I think perception is in the eyes of the person that you know it's based on the lens that they see it so to them it's reality yep but to someone else they view it totally different mm. so i think it's what is normal for some people and so that's how they perceive you because that's the lens that they've viewed it on but someone else will see it in a totally different and as i said example with our pharmacy that some people might perceive us to be a standard pharmacy because that's all they've ever known and it's not till they have something to compare it to do they see a difference so um, it definitely is in the eyes of the beholder, and to them it's reality, whether that's true or not. But once again, we're looking at it from a different lens. Yeah, and you are right at this moment changing the perception and changing what and changing it to a reality for people because this great conference you got coming up, we're going to talk now about changing perceptions of an industry and where does it start. And I guess it starts by someone stepping in and yeah. going, I want to change this. So that's you. Talk a bit about that. How, how hard is it to change these perceptions? And I know you're driven by the passion for working in something you love, so that makes it a bit – it doesn't make it easy, but it makes it easier. Where do you start doing this? Is it internally within yourself and then externally? How, do you, how does it work? 
I have a real passion that people want to belong to something yep. bigger than themselves. And that starts with just your team wanting to belong to something bigger than themselves, your community. And that community is not just my customers that come into the pharmacy, it's the whole industry. And we have some phenomenal pharmacy owners. So our conference is for pharmacy owners. And we have some phenomenal pharmacy owners in this country. And I consistently want to learn. I think if you want to be the best, you want to surround yourself with the best people. And so a colleague, a friend of mine who's a pharmacy accountant, and I wanted to bring the business world to the pharmacy world and talk about leadership and culture and move away from the clinical conferences that we all go to, but just to have something a bit different and where you can bring some pretty powerful minds in the room to share and inspire and that ripple effect that you might start with your one pharmacy in your one community, but if there's a ripple effect there where you've got a hundred pharmacies yep. that are thinking the same thing or a thousand pharmacies thinking the same thing, that's really exciting. But you can learn so much from each other and it's having the right people in the room that are willing to share and help each other. And that's the exciting part. There's a, a, a friend of mine through LinkedIn, uh, Dr. Richard Clayton, and he talks about finding like-spirited people, not necessarily mm. like-minded people. You want people that are like in spirit. That challenge you. Yeah, yeah, that will challenge you. So I'm looking forward to it because I think it's going to be with the bums on the seats in the in the conference over the four days, there's such an opportunity to challenge the status quo, but also to challenge yeah. your own perspectives and beliefs and Absolutely. things like that. So that's something I'm looking forward to. So three tools or tips on simple and practical ways. Like sometimes people can't see, I, I actually can't see that it's going to be better. Let's just stay how we are because that's the mm. way it's always been. Yeah. Or sometimes they don't want to see. It's like, oh, look, it seems pretty good, but I, I like to be safe where I am. Yeah. What are some simple tools and tips you use to help people to to come onto the bus with you and yeah. see the opportunities that they can't see in front of them? Well, I think um, one of the big things I outline to people is when you think of a seesaw, nothing fun happens in the middle. When you're equilibrium, nothing fun happens. You've got yep. to take a step and guess what? It's going to go up or it's going to go down. And that's the excitement of it all. But very much it's take them on the journey. You've got to show them why you're doing it and what is that, where do you want to end up and how did they contribute to that? That's really important. It's not just your ideas. Mm -hmm. It's how did they contribute and what role do they play absolutely lead by example you can't come in and tell someone I want you to challenge this I want you to do this differently I want you to try this if you're not willing to step outside your comfort zone if you stay in the safe space then that's not leading by example at all but also just don't take it personally as a leader like I think we can get too caught up in if someone doesn't like you as how you lead and that's fine there'll be someone else for them and you help them find that person because there'll be someone else excited to come on your bus as well. And the other thing is, it seems scary and daunting, but I think if you can lighten it a little bit and show that you have a lot of fun, but also one of our other team values is mistakes are a learning opportunity. Yeah. Like you have a crack, give things a go. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Don't kill someone, which can happen in pharmacy, but within reason, yeah. just give things a go. And I don't, and that's another sporting thing. I don't hold grudges. You move on pretty quick. You have a go at something. If it doesn't work, you try something else. So once again, it's outlining that, that it's okay to give things a go and who knows where they'll take us. Uh, it sounds like that mindset towards work and life, that it's it's a series of experiments 
and, and we run them in a way that we they're not that crazy that things can go really wrong because things can go wrong in your industry, exactly. no doubt. But yeah. we do it that way. Hey, look, I'm really curious now, and I know the listeners will be. You've given us two of your values, and they're not like your traditional values. Usually it's one word and and they sit on a wall and then you ask someone and they go, oh, I don't know. I can't I think I know one of them. It might be honesty, but I can't remember the rest. What are your yeah. what are your other three values? I'm really curious now. Sure. So our team values are you walk in with a positive attitude, yep. give the customer more than they expect, listen to their stories, not just their words. You can achieve so much or you can help them so much more if you listen to the body language and the off the comments, yep. not just their specific request. Um, mistakes are a learning opportunity. Just be kind. Nice. Just be kind. Love so it. they are our team values that are on our wall. Magnificent. And how do you continue to relive them and remind others of when they're going well and perhaps when they're not going as well as they should? But what's the? how do you do that? Yeah, so obviously we talk about heavily in the recruitment yeah. and then when they come in in induction. But we also recognise and reward on that as well. Great. So that's a very big thing for us and that the team know and they can all you know, say them, but it's also just to be accountable as well that we can say, hey, a minute, the deal is you be kind and that wasn't kind yeah. or and also just not walking past something that isn't acceptable. So that we have some pretty high standards, but that work hard, play hard yeah. kind of concept. And I love investing in my team with personal development and all these kind of things with leadership. And mm. I believe as a leader and the owner of a business, you have people for a limited amount of time, and so if you leave a better person than when you started, then I've done my job. And you can actually help to change people's lives for them. It's not just about Absolutely. the work they're doing. It's like they become, I say there's technical skills and essential human skills. People call them soft skills. I have a bit of an issue with that. But you can have a really good influence on what they go and do wherever they go to. So I think the work that you're doing, and Absolutely. I love your values, simple and practical, complex and complicated, I I think I'm a pretty simple guy and maybe too simple at times, but I have a view that we try and maybe overcomplicate stuff at times. Like you talked about some beautiful things today, like let's have fun in the mm. workplace. And then someone goes, well, how do you measure that? Like how do we get a KPI for fun? And I said, well, you don't need one. You just yeah. have fun. What are your thoughts on why human beings may try and complicate stuff when some of the simple and practical stuff is it's actually within us? but we step away. Have you got any thoughts around that? Or maybe you have a different view to what I have. I just think we there is so much going on in our lives, yep. in our worlds, that some people just can't differentiate between everything that's going on, whether it's work, home, your family, all the different aspects of our lives. So it is just all too complicated and people overthink it and overanalyze it. One of my other favourite quotes or mantras is be where your feet are. Yep. So just be in the moment where your feet are and whether that's with your work, with family, wherever it might be, just try and be in that moment. But as we said, it's about setting the environment. Like today we walked in knowing that we had this new rollout of free flu vaccines and we came in and there was five packets of lollies and some chips and we're like, that'll get us through the day. <laughs> um, so it's just those kind of things that it's not all serious and that we know that we all know what we need to do and then if you execute it with a bit of fun then that rubs off on everyone and you get the feedback of wow what a great experience that was it was just a flu vaccine but Chia had a lot of fun doing it so yeah it's definitely about setting setting the scene 
Yeah, well, I'm, look, I'm grateful that you've come on because not knowing what you told me before we started recording about the announcement last night and then it would have been easy to send an email and go, hey, mate, I am. Too hard. it's too hard today to do that, but now I know that, I am absolutely grateful. I'm loving hearing things like the belonging piece and the fun and all this stuff. It's a very, very human place. So if people want to connect with you, because I'm going to suggest this is a really nice model. It's, it's, if you're not in pharmacy, you don't need to be in pharmacy to learn leadership lessons from someone who mm-hmm. practices leadership like you do. Where can people connect with you and get to know a little bit more about what you do? Is LinkedIn a good place to, to yeah, reach out? LinkedIn yeah, LinkedIn will be the best place. Yeah, I'm quite active on there and I think it's a great way to showcase our pharmacy and our industry and what we're doing. And as I said, if I do a post about what we're doing in vaccinations and that makes someone go, oh, that's right, I need to go and do that today or I need to, you know. So, yes, LinkedIn is definitely the best place. Great. And this to finish up, what are you looking forward to most about August with the conference? Just being in a room with some fabulous pharmacy owners, some wonderful speakers and just some amazing industry leaders as well. And it is quite a boutique event and I come away and it was an, some people go, how do you have time to do this? And I'm like, it was a case of if I don't do it, who will? Yeah. So let's just bring it all together. And it's a really magical week and I can't wait. And for some people, I haven't seen them for a couple of years. So yeah. it'll be truly amazing. Fantastic. You and Felicity should be absolutely proud of what you've been able to create. I remember our first few conversations and you're like, you know, we're thinking about this and yeah. then you've, we've sold it out. And look, we if we could take yes. more rooms, we would do that. So, hey, thanks for coming on and... I better let you go back and get out there and like you said, you can do it with your eyes closed now. Get it to your real world and go and do those vaccinations with your eyes closed. Karen, it's been a pleasure to uh, have you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. Just been um, absolutely blown away by that conversation. I love it when I find people who are so passionate to invest some of their time with good intention to help others. And as Karen said today, that only yesterday the Queensland government, she's based up in Queensland, announced free flu vaccinations. So on 12 hours notice, her pharmacy has had to adapt and get ready for that. At the same time, she had booked in for a 2pm chat with me for this podcast, for this episode, and didn't decide to pull the pin, just got on with it. No doubt has a lot of trust in the staff that she has there, so they will get on with what they're doing. Sounds like they're all on the bus that she talks about as we went through. But, you know, today talking about things that are really near and dear to my heart, and I'm going to say like-spirited people that we are, trust, belonging, fun, life design, or as people call it, work-life balance, being a good human, being the centre of the community, like creating a perception that when you walk in here, there's a great vibe and we are the centre of the community. Giving back was was another big one there. I love it, um, the building the plane while you're flying it and being where your feet are or be where your feet are. Just some of the the values of the organisation, aren't you like your traditional one-word values? Um, They have a lot of meaning behind them. And I loved it also when Karen said that these are the things we talk to people about at the interview process because it's really important that we find the right people and the right people find their way to to work in that particular business. So, so much gold today. Certainly got me looking forward to August with the conference and the work we'll be doing there around a lot of the themes that we talked about today. So, you know, from early days at 14, when Karen 
really decided that pharmacy was where she wanted to go. She is someone who is challenging the perceptions of what it is. Um, she challenged me today to share my perceptions, which I did a little uncomfortably, you might have noticed. And uh, yeah, my perceptions have changed over time. Certainly speaking to people like Karen helps with that as well. But anyway, if you love that, leave a little comment on why you love the episode and give us a five-star rating. And if you liked it, share it with your friends, because as I said, this has an application in the wider world, not just in the business world, but in the world in general, that if you are prepared to challenge both the status quo and challenge perceptions about you or your organisation or whatever it may be, you can achieve a lot of things. But until next time, keep it simple, keep it practical and keep it human. Bye for now.